You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind closed doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Welcome back to Behind Closed Doors. This is Australia's only sex worker radio show. I'm Kitty. I've got Sasha with me. And guys, tonight we are going to be wrapping up the topic of consent. And we've got a very juicy one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Are we talking about my experience? Yes. Let's talk about our experience in this episode. Sasha is going to kick us off with how she taught her partner how to ask for consent. (laughs) You know, my partner is old-fashioned, so consent is its not something he, he practiced a lot. <laughs> it's very foreign for him. That's the word that I was looking for, very foreign for him. So, but you know what? He's trying really hard, we, but we always make it always playful. I'll give you an example. Like consent, like in the car, if I'm wearing like a mini short skirt or shorts, and he always can't help himself touching me, right? Not touching in like sexual way, just touch my skin or or squeeze my tie so he always like babe can I actually uh put your hands on your tie that he's practicing consent and I was sometimes I had to laugh because it just it's just so awkward that he he asked me this case in the car just to put his hand on my tie I like it. I like it because you know what I'm the one who's teaching him consent so he's practicing it. I shouldn't feel awkward but at the same time, I said, this is all very foreign for us as well because we are, usually he just put his hands on, on my tie without asking consent. But now he will, but he, he, he make it playful. We make it always playful and we laugh about it and stuff. Um, but on a serious note, I always tell him why I teach him consent because I say, you have a daughter. If you have a daughter, you want a man who practice consent. So you, if you practice consent, you will be a, uh, uh, a father for for her to look up to, you know. Every 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 daughter would want to date a man who are almost like their father, right? They say who. Oh, I don't yeah. know about that. Not like <laughs> not look me. Like, not the look or no. It's like I love father, my dad, but <laughs> like good 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 morals. I mean, like father who have good morals. So. So that, this is, that's why a lot of kids will look up to their father or their parents. We look up to our parents because of what they did. So yeah, so that's why I said practice consent because you're doing it not for yourself, it's for your daughter too. That's really good because children always role model after their parents. 
And when you have a healthy relationship at home, that increases the chances that your children will also have healthy relationships. Because if they encounter a relationship that's unhealthy, they'll say, no, I don't have to put up with this. I, I agree. And I even tell、uh, my partner that everybody should be a feminist. And I can see that her, his daughter is a feminist. Sometimes his daughter t e l l him off. About certain things like polish up your language, your language is dated. And I said, I love her for that. That's fantastic. What about yourself, Kitty? How do you practice consent with your partner? Well, my partner is very similar to yours in the sense that he's not very vocal about asking consent, and that's、mm. okay.、Um, but I do try to encourage him to ask me, even though I already know he wants some. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, he might have a heart on, he might, you know, give me a hug from behind.、Um, yeah. But sometimes, even though he has a heart on, and I'll ask, like, you know, do you want to play now? He might say no. So, yeah, a heart、yeah. on doesn't necessarily mean that they want sex. And that's、they、what I learned from my partner. He's teasing you. He wants you to say, I want it. <laughs> no. <laughs> We have a very no, straightforward but... communication style in my home. And、okay, that's good. That probably comes from you know, his army background. I、mm-hmm. like that he's coming out of his comfort zone because he knows we talk about consent a lot on behind closed doors and he understands、yeah. why it's important. So while he's uncomfortable asking for consent,、um, we do make it a point to try and vocalize it. And you know, we don't say,、uh, you know, do you want to have sex? We don't even、yeah. use the word sex. We might say, Would you like to oosh oosh?、Uh, you know, we have playful words. Like, you know, this is what、yeah. happens when you, you have a relationship that's secure,、um, when you have、yeah. intimacy with your partner. You come up with words, you come up with a way to communicate with each other that only both of you understand. And,、yeah. you know, I can't believe I'm even sharing this on, <laughs> <laughs> on radio. <laughs> But I think this is so important for people to hear because I would love to hear more people have healthier relationships where they can ask each other for consent and that they can be just raw with their partner to say, hey, I'm horny in a way that is okay for both of them. And both people will、yeah. feel okay and happy as a result of that being asked. Yeah, I know. Like with my partner, He will be so straightforward. Sometimes on the phone, like, babe, are you horny? And, and he knows he will never get an answer from me. And he said, like, that's okay. I know you're not going to answer, but I'm horny for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you give him the silent treatment? or? No, usually it's just out of nowhere. It's like a conversation, like I'm having a conversation with you. And he's like, and then suddenly he will like, just add in and just say, babe, are you horny? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's playful. I mean, sometimes he knows he's not going to get an answer. He just w a n t to make my face go red and he just w a n t to look at it. <laughs> and that says to me that there's flirting in the relationship, and flirting is、mm. so important. Yes, yes. I know. So, yeah, that's how I practice consent with my partner. It makes me just think about how. Back when we did the midsummer performance, one of the strong key messages was that everybody wants to be loved. 
And that could be you asking for love, but it also is your partner who needs to feel loved as well in order to have that intimate relationship with you. I guess different people show love differently. I don't think our parents will be practicing talking about are you horny or oh not? Oh my god, do you, you even know? want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming.、Um, I think my mom' love language would be like cooking food and yeah, make my and feed my father. I guess my mom as well.、Assuming. It's acts of services, <laughs> so you know she、mm. cooks. Yeah, she does a lot for my dad. But in the very recent years,、um, especially since my partner and I、uh, have been together, they have learned to open up with each other. And it's、okay. just so cute to watch them because、yeah. they'll be giggling and laughing just by holding hands. They think it's you know、yeah. too much PDA, which is public display of affection. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too much, to be honest.、Um, I used to be very embarrassed to to be hugging or kissing in public、uh, when I was a lot younger. I was like, no, we can't do this. This is wrong. Yeah, do whatever you feel good. I mean, yeah.、Uh, unless you're in Singapore or in Malaysia, right? You could get a fine for too much PDA. No, I think my no, no, Singapore not. Maybe Malaysia because it's a Muslim country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially in Ramadan. <laughs> Ramadan month, so no touching, no eating. You get fine or jail. <laughs> Is this in Singapore too? No, not in Singapore. It's in Malaysia. Okay, just Muslim、uh, countries. I think、um, all Muslim countries, I guess, like, because、uh, it practices in Dubai as well. You can't, you can't be holding hands、um, and wearing kimchi clothes during Ramadan. Yeah, and you know,、yeah. let's be respectful of different countries'、mm. laws,、uh, as in Rome,、mm. as the Romans do. We can go over to a quick break. When we come back, Sasha is going to talk about her experiences with her friends of benefit. When we come back, I'm going to share you my story. This is probably about 15 years ago. Tune into the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. Welcome、oh. back to Behind. Oh, I, I remember now. Okay, now. I... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome、yeah. back. This is Behind Closed Doors on Australia's only sex worker radio show. Sasha, we've had such a good chat so far, and I am so excited for you to share with us about this relationship you know of, where the husband and wife are no longer sleeping together. And you know, I I know some people who are in relationships like this as well. But let's hear this particular story that you have to share with us. You know what? This person, he's actually a friend.、Um, we. Met through pen pal, so yeah, this is ages ago. This is when I was still a teenager. So,、uh, he lives in、um, Netherlands,、um, and we used to have a lot of sex thing and making videos.、Um, of course, everything is sexual.、Um, I really find him really sexy. He find me really sexy until he met this gorgeous lady, and、uh, that is his wife now. Um, and sometimes we do share a lot about his sex、um, encounters with the wife because they're always trying new things and stuff. So they really they explore a lot of things. So he always share it with me, and 
after a few years, and then um, when the wife got pregnant and then gave birth to a baby, and they stopped having sex. Um, he said he did try. He did try, but she's just not interested anymore. And they even sleep in the in the different bedroom now. So just 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 to clear it up. I'm just friends with him till now. We're still friends. We don't have any sex thing or any sex videos anymore. We just, uh, of course, he still gets an on by me. But I said, um, we know each other for a very long time. So I think we should put that aside now and we just respect each other as a friend. So, yeah. So when you said that he has tried and made attempts to ask his wife for consent, what constitutes yes. trying? And do you agree with that? Um, I didn't go in details, but he did. I, I'm pretty sure both of them know. I think he still practiced those kind of consent that he have when they were dating, I guess. Like, you know, and I guess it just works. But nowadays, it's just a bit of an effort. And sometimes the effort didn't even pay off. Yeah, this is a question that I asked last week. How... Is woman not not horny anymore after they gave birth? Mm. And mm. I reflect back on my own life, and while I don't have any children of my own, I think yeah. that there are times in my life where I don't feel very turned on, and oftentimes that comes from my own insecurities. Perhaps I've gained five kilos of COVID weight or maybe I'm just yeah sensitive about something about my body yeah. or I've had I've been having a few bad hair days and I just don't feel wanted and even though my partner wants me I'm just filled with self-doubt thinking you know am yeah. I really desirable or is my partner just horny and he needs an outlet right yeah yeah I get it yeah this is why open communication is really good if we if both parties can actually talk about it. And it's really hard to talk about this, even like sharing my own feelings uh, and my own insecurities yeah. on air, like puts me um, or makes me feel really raw. Um, but yeah, I think vulnerable. this is really important to talk about because people don't talk about this. <laughs> insecurities are... Um, a very vulnerable space and I think that yes. a partner who's able to respect and honor the, their partner's insecurities and not use their insecurities against them that just signifies what a healthy strong relationship that they have uh, so how can a person change then because after a while a partner who who keep trying and trying and not getting anything from the other person. And then the sex love is just dead. That, that is why that happened, right? I think it has to go back to building trust. Because oftentimes in my solid relationship, when I tell my partner, well, you know, I don't feel like having sex because I don't feel very sexy today. He'll say, but you're still sexy. But Kitten's still very sexy is what he would say to me. <laughs> and, you know, that sort of just melts me. Or perhaps 
um, I am having sex with him and let's say I'm on top and he'll want to take my shirt off and I'm thinking, why? I don't want to take my shirt off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But he still likes that and I think it's, especially as a sex worker, we put all these really high standards on ourselves and we're oftentimes our biggest critics and, you know, we criticize ourselves so much and we need more self-love more self-acceptance and i think it's sometimes easier for our partners to love us for who we are but it's us who gets in the way loving ourselves and allowing our partners to love us yeah true i think being a sex worker is totally different to be having these issues with your partner because with being a sex worker you, if that person don't like my body you don't like about me that's the door <laughs> with the partner is different you need to to work on it one thing that i'm learning as i grow older is that bodies do change metabolisms do vary if i ever had children you know i i will have to accept that my body will change um, that it's okay to have stretch marks and love them because it's these stretch marks and you know um the body and how it's changed was able to create another human being. And I think we need to remember that when you're in a relationship with someone and you've decided to have a child together, you've created a, a brand new human being. Like you don't need other humans anymore. You can create your own. <laughs> But you know what? This is the 21st century. Women are so powerful these days. Um, and, you know, women are, are embracing their flaws. It's called body positivity. Love so, it. Yes. So it's changing um, because there's a lot of awareness, a lot of celebrities, a lot of uh, organizations telling um, these young people, young kids to be themselves, to love themselves. And that doesn't change the fact that there are still people out there who are very insecure about their bodies. And if you are someone whose partner is insecure about themselves, you need to find out and be sensitive to it and never use that insecurity against them, but to encourage mm. them and to love them and to give them that assurance so that they can put yeah. all that anxiety to sleep. Now, Sasha, I want to go back to your other experience um, oh. with a friend from Singapore. Oh, who... right, okay. Yeah, we talk about this. He's an expat in Singapore. This is maybe... 20 years ago or more, I think. I can't remember. When I was in college, I met this guy. Um, he was a friend of a friend. Um, long story short, um, I'm attracted to him. He attracted to me. So um, so we exchanged numbers. And then we have amazing sex. We have a lot of sex. Um, every week, and that's this lot, almost every day. It's either I come to his place or he comes to my place. There's days before I go to college, we have sex. <laughs> or after college um, and then we be, we become friends after that because I moved to Australia and we still keep in touch um, and then there's one time I was going back to Singapore for a couple months because I have to do um, stuff in, in Singapore and um, so he offered me to stay with him and And I said, yes, you know, I said, yeah, sure. Uh, and he picked me up from the airport, blah, blah, blah. This never happened because we just purely sex buddies. We don't even go 
on for like for drinks or dinner, nothing at all. It's just purely sex. Goodlaw went to his place, unpack stuff. So he works uh in the nightlife. So he's like a, a promoter for events and stuff. So he always back home late, like after three a.m. So I'll be quite asleep. But I notice he's he never touched me once. <laughs> Was well, he being respectful? We, we were sleeping in the same bed, and he never touched me once. We used to. It's just so weird because we can't get enough of each other before, <laughs> and then suddenly it just never touched. So, uh, I talked to my friend. I talked to my girlfriend about this. Like, he's not touching me. I was like, am I not attractive anymore? Or I don't know. I'm just questioning myself. There's a lot of self doubt. And then after he said, "Let's go to Thailand." This is this happened already about a month. And he said, "Let's go to Thailand for a weekend, and um, you know, just chill." So we went to Thailand. We went to Koh Samui, um, uh, for a weekend, and then I did ask him, like, "Are you not attracted to me anymore because you stopped touching me?" And then he said, "Like, well, first of all, I'm always up. I always get home really, really late, and you will be sound asleep." Um and second, you never showed any signal that you want me to play with you. Oh my god! How my signal? There are sometimes I put a satin lingerie <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so in this case, he was dumb. He didn't get it. And um, so but that weekend we had a really amazing sex. So yeah. But does that just show that? We need to work on verbalizing consent because not everybody Correct. understands each other's method of communication, especially when it's not verbalized. I know, but consent, um, like I said, it's it's not something that we usually practice in the past. This is twenty over years ago. So now that consent is more, um, it's more mainstream. People talk about it now, so we we know what. What to what to do at that time? I don't know. I uh, probably I was a bit awkward too. It's like, hey babe, do you want to have sex? It's like so. Uh, it's so hard to come up from my mouth, but I was like so horny for him. For one month, I was a nun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I love this story that you've shared with us because it just shows how many missed opportunities have gone by when you don't verbalize your intentions. Because I'm so used to men, men wanting sex with me, they they will be all over me. So if a person who doesn't ask for sex, I will be start questioning myself. Is he not attracted to me? Because I'm so used for men being, even though they are rude about it, they still I know they are horny for me. I so I'm so that, used to that. I think that some married women who've given birth might feel that way too. Like after having the baby, perhaps. They have had less touch from their partners for whatever reason. Maybe it could be yeah. out of respect. Maybe because they are thinking that they don't want to offend their wife because their wife has just had a baby. Um, you know, she might not know that you still want her, and so mm. they might f- think exactly the same way you did, Sasha, where they're like, "Yeah, well, he's not touching me anymore. Am I no longer attractive? Like, what's happened? Just because I've popped out the baby, he doesn't want to." Touch me anymore? Yeah, that's yeah. sad. Oh my god, human are so confusing. It's so hard. Just 
I mean, like now it's so easy for me. My partner would just say, "Are you horny, babe?" Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, it should be like that all the time with every man. I like, babe, are you horny? Yeah, babe, let's do it. <laughs> babe, are you horny? Not tonight, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can do it kitty style and throw uh, rose petals uh, on the bed, light a candle, yeah. make dinner for me, buy me some flowers or something from Bunnings. I'll be very happy. Or you know, just yes, just get some KFC, Korean fried chicken. That is. <laughs> I know. With kitty, romance never dies. So. <laughs> and for me, you know, it doesn't have to be big things. It can be really small True. things, like. Uh, hug from behind is something that we like yeah. to do at home, and yeah. that shows that you still care about your partner. You still want to hug them, and yeah. I, the way I see relationships, especially relationships from older generations or from people who have had um, younger children, don't be afraid to still show affection. To your spouse, I think that's really important, and people, people love you for it. Like there's nothing to、yes. be judged about for it.、Um, my parents, you know, they are definitely from an older generation, and they giggle and laugh and think that they're going way out of bounds when they hold each other's hands in public, and that's super cute, and that works for them, and that turns each other on. So do、yeah. what works for you. But make sure you are always working on that spark with your partner, because if there's no spark, it's gonna be really hard to have intimacy as well. And practice consent. Oh my God, Sasha, what a fantastic talk! I'm so sorry we're out of time yet again. But、yeah. this concludes our chat on consent. Do you have any final words that you want to bring back home, Sasha? I just want to say again: practice consent. Practice makes perfect. Uh, you're gonna make a mistake along the line, but just keep practicing because it will get easier. And perhaps also explain to your partner why you want to practice consent and how it is important. You will be a person to be looked up to, especially if you have kids. You will be the parents, a role model to them. So this is why you practice consent because you want your kids to do the same. Is as you say, Sasha, a great way to role model. The right behaviors、mm. for a healthy relationship, and、yeah. who doesn't want a healthy relationship, right? It might be hard at first, as Sasha said, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you become, and、mm-hmm. the more of a role model you can be. And also, the most important thing is the more you can show respect to your partner. If you respect your partner, your partner. Has great solid relationship with you that's built on trust and open communication. Boy, you're gonna have a、mm. lot more sex than you are now. Hundred <laughs> percent. And with that said, practice. wait, practice, and then let us know if your sex life has changed. Email us bcdtrisar at gmail dot com or look up us on social media at bcdtrisar on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Message us. And let us know how your sex stuff has changed when you practice consent. We can't wait to hear from you. This is Behind Closed Doors, <laughs> Australia's only sex worker radio show. Sex workers' rights are human rights. Today, we are celebrating the incredible strength and diversity of sex workers. Sex work is real work. 
Sex work is not sex trafficking, and it's harmful when you confuse the two. Sex workers are skilled professionals selling a unique service, not their bodies. Sex work is the negotiation and transaction of consensual sexualised services. But society seems to have a hard time with the concept of capitalising from sex. Sex workers' rights are human rights. Sex workers are all ages. Men, women, gay, lesbian, trans and non-binary. Husbands, wives, partners, mums, dads, sisters, brothers, university students, lawyers and designers. Sex workers are everyday people. They deserve the same legal rights and protection afforded to the rest of society. The current regulation of sex work in Victoria isn't equitable. It strips sex workers' capacity to negotiate safe work and access to health services. Research indicates that full decriminalisation is the best model to support sex workers' health, safety and human rights. Decriminalisation starts from the understanding that sex work is real work. Decriminalisation treats sex work like any other labour trade under regular employment laws. Decriminalisation reduces violence. Decriminalisation dismantles stigma. Decriminalisation dissolves barriers. Decriminalisation helps sex workers be seen as people. Not as a job, a bad choice or a victim. More than 20,000 people in Australia are sex workers. I want to live in a society that celebrates the diversity of all human beings. Sex workers' rights are human rights. This is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it.